humans, what is happening? It is me. It is Alex Fruity Williams here for another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. We sort of, you know, did something different the last episode, but now we're back into the swing of things. We are booking our stuff again. Um, and with me at this time is the head of the WWF, one Chris Thunder. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me back on this show. It's a lot of fun being a guest here. <laughs> you're more you're more than welcome, mate. Uh, refreshments are at the front, and don't forget to take your shoes off when you come in. Um, <laughs> now, we uh, had a marathon episode last time. Yeah, I don't think we'll be going that long tonight. Uh, I really hope we're not doing four hours again tonight, but I will give you a heads up. Because of uh, some of the twists and turns in that episode, This we're kicking things off this month with probably my longest episode of Nitro because I had to completely rewrite stuff and try to make things make sense. So... <laughs> um. Besides that, it's all relatively straightforward. But yeah, this first episode is going to be a doozy. Um, so, what happened last month in the World Wrestling Federation? Don't you want to say, what happened when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dropped the Conrad gimmick. Also, I, I got some hate from... Uh, a couple of the listeners for yawning towards the end of the podcast on the last one. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, what was it? Nearly five hours, I think, by the time <laughs> I cut it down. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was it was about one thirty in the morning uh, <laughs> that we got off there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just outrageous. Yeah, and I was I was up at six o'clock a few hours later. Just getting back into it. Uh, things I do for my lovely humans. Yes. But but besides that, tell us about the WWF. What is the ins and outs? What's the going on at the moment? So last month we had the King of the Ring, where it's all on the Sunday Night Heat. George the Animal Still, who challenged Billy Gunn to a hog pen match, won by throwing Billy Gunn into a hog pen, where he slid in the mud, towards the camera, and a pig sat on his back. <laughs> the only issue with that, which I think I gave that angle an award for, like, chicken salad out of chicken stuff award, I think I gave it, um, is that you didn't call it the Chris Thunder hog pen match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> we also had the Road Warriors defeat the Funks in a two out of three falls last chance contenders match. Wendy Richter lost the women's championship to a debuting Brie Bella. And then we had the King of the Ring tournament. In the left side of the bracket, Triple H defeated Gerald Briscoe on Raw, then Mark Henry and Jeff Jarrett to advance on the, to the final on the King of the Ring night. Whereas on the right side of the bracket, Bret Hart defeated Antonio Noki on Raw, then Kurt Angle and Bruno San Martino on that night at the pay-per-view which saw Bret Hart defeat Triple H to become the King of the Ring and also win 
the WWF Intercontinental Championship in the process. Yeah, that's that was a fantastic episode on your end. Uh, I loved that. Um, I can't say enough good things about the Brie Bella debut. I loved that too. The whole month with Wendy was fantastic. Um, yeah, on the WCW side, we had Road Wild last uh, episode, well, last month, I guess, in the fantasy land. Um, we had Molly Holly beat Maurice for the number one contendership for the women's title. We had a debuting DDP beat Terry Gordy. So, yeah, new bit of talent there. Uh, we had Edge beat Kerry Von Erich. We had the Ultimate Warrior debut a new finishing move, the Tombstone Piledriver, to beat Michael Hayes. The Dudleys beat Arna. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard becoming new number one contenders for Spring Stampede. Lita defended a women's title successfully in a street fight. Uh, the Heenan family versus the West Texas Rednecks ended with the West Texas Rednecks getting the win, and now the Heenan family's no more. Heenan's lost his manager's license. What's next for Bobby Heenan? The Rednecks celebrate in the ring, and we finally, finally get the re-debut of the Macho Man Randy Savage, he comes out in a big, like, Cadillac Escalade, and he's got Savage Security by his side, who beat down the West Texas Rednecks, and Savage Security are revealed to be Bradshaw and Farouk. Uh, Macho Man pins Hennig for the hardcore title, and, yeah, we got that going on. And, of course, Macho Man had the sensational Sherry by his side as well. Uh, we had uh, Lakel come out and they had a match against Trish and her mystery partner, the debuting Melina. Uh, it's then announced that it's then announced that Trish and Melina will face off for the number one contendership next month. Uh, Too Thick and the Outsiders had a bit of a match. Um, Lots of shenanigans. The Outsiders retain the title. Elizabeth isn't happy. So next month for this episode, it's going to be the Dudley Boys versus Too Thick. And whoever wins that match will face the Outsiders later on. We had Hulk Hogan become number one contender against Mankind. We had Steve Austin versus Ric Flair. It's sort of a double disqualification sort of thing. There's going to be a rematch the next month and the winner will get a future world title match and yes it will be austin and flair in a submissions count anywhere match um and then the main event was Shawn michaels retaining the world heavyweight title over eddie guerrero in a one hour iron man match um yeah yeah a lot going on there i probably shouldn't have read out everything but yeah i really enjoyed that iron man match as well the way you were describing it yeah, um, it's not usually what I do. Normally, I let the good humans out there use their imaginations to think of what the match looks like. But this sort of thing, I really wanted to paint it as like this epic, like five star match between two five star wrestlers. So, yeah. Um, full disclosure on my birthday, I was bragging about how perfectly I booked that match. <laughs> At about midnight, I was just bragging to a friend of the show, Warwick Thompson, about 
how perfect the psychology in that Iron Man match was. <laughs> well, it did make a lot of sense, so I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I was just... Uh, like, as soon as I wrote it, I was just so happy with it. And apparently you get a couple of cheeky brewskis into me. I get a bit braggadocious about that match. <laughs> but, ah, well. um, so, big twists have happened since. Um, oh, do you have them listed down? So, I have mine. Uh, do you want to tell the good humans what your twists were? From the special show we did. Yes. I don't have them in front of me. Okay. Uh, one was the last man standing match. Then I believe I got Big Boss Man. Then I believe I got Vern Gagne. Yeah, and that's right. On this episode, you got a um, Hell in a Cell match as well before that. Yeah, that was uh, end of... Uh, Month six of the pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, so, are you going to be incorporating both of those matches this month? I think we had mentioned that I do have two months to incorporate yeah. some of those other changes. So, yeah. given that I'm already doing another tournament, I'm going to leave it. Yeah, very good. Um, you could do your favourite thing and do gimmick on a gimmick to get both of those matches out of the way in one match. Yeah, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I don't think it would be a bad idea for a, like a last man standing Hell in a Cell match. Like, yeah, just don't even have a ref. Just have the ref like ringside, just counting from a di safe distance. Just two guys locked in there. But, um... Yeah, so I can't... Oh, yeah, I got a free agent on month six. Um, we're probably going to meet that free agent very shortly, teaser. Um, also, I had a rough one on the, on the special episode where I got a gimmick match and I have to incorporate a concrete crypt match. Oh, no. And, and I have to incorporate a tag team breakup because I got the dreaded barbershop window card. And the worst of it all, my just debuted one half of a probably going to be a hugely pushed tag team, Bradshaw. Has to retire. Um, oh no. This has caused a lot of chaos in in my booking committee. Um, you always hear about the stories of uh, Vince McMahon an hour before Raw having to rewrite everything. I, I would imagine backstage at WCW Nitro would have been a very similar situation. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been uh, giving what you were hinting. I suppose, though, that leads into the next point. Uh, the trade that happened, if you missed the special. Yes. Um, quite frankly, I regret the trade big time. I think it was a spur-of-the-moment, like, panic decision over losing Bradshaw. But 
I think I had one extra woman. Actually, now now you have like more women, but that doesn't matter. Um, I probably should have lowballed you with a different woman instead of AJ, but I uh, gave you AJ Lee. You you gave me the big boss man, and I'm pretty excited about what I could do with the big boss man anyway. So. You know, fair's fair. It happened. I'm, I'm going to deal with it. Not exactly what I should have done. Once again, it was 1.30 in the morning. I wasn't thinking right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, kind of feel bad about it. But then I'm like, Alex keeps giving me stuff on top of stuff when I've already got tournaments and other championship ideas booked. And he's like, here, have this brawl for all. No, I'm doing that in four months' time. No, I don't want that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, to save ourselves from another four-hour episode in the future, um, truth be told, Bradshaw and Farouk were going to eventually be the ones um, that are the big tag champs at the end of the fantasy year. They were going to be my number one tag team. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, one night into it, I guess card subject to change for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I suppose with all that being said, um, should we get on to this month? Yes. Uh, let's go down to, well, let's go up to the WWF and check out Raw is War. <laughs> I have no idea what that was, but sank off the Game Boy Color from 2000. <laughs> I do remember you having that game. I used to borrow it off you. <laughs> I used to borrow a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. In your eye! <laughs> week one, commentary is Lord Alfred Hayes, Captain Lou Albano, Gorilla Monsoon, and the debuting ring announcer of Howard Finkel. Awesome. So, week one, we are in Washington, D.C. in the United States. Show opens with Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart in the ring celebrating Bret's Intercontinental Championship win last night at King of the Ring. Bret calls out the WWF champion for being a lazy champion and then proposes a matchup battleground. The Hart Foundation versus Harlem Heat. Winning side chooses stipulations for a singles match at SummerSlam. You've got one week to answer Booker Man. Awesome. Love uh, the reference. Returning from ad break, we're showing WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett is talking in his office to Wendy Richter. He states that she'll need to prove that she wants a rematch at Battleground by having fair one-on-one rematches with all the women from her undisputed open challenge. So that's all the uh, women that she was calling out in Open Challenges last month when she was being a cocky champion. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I love seeing the follow-up to that. Like, like I said, I love this angle. Um, Immortal come down to the ring for a match. Jeff grabs the mic and says, well, there's no time like the, pre- no time like the pre- present. Legion of Doom, get your sorry asses out here. As a cage lowers from the ceiling... We see two men in spiked 
white and silver shoulder pads make their way down to the ring. As the championships are held aloft, and we hear, and we hear, this is a championship cage match. We rarely get to see these on Raw. It's all immortal as LOD have something off. Eventually, Jeff and Kurt apply dueling figure four ankle locks for the submission victory. Lord Alfred seems bemused as he's hearing something in his ear, and we cut to picture in picture to see the real road warriors and Paul Allering arriving on motorcycles. They drive down the rampway and charge the ring. Kurt is trying to fight back as Jeff makes an ab- exit and Deborah locks the door, leaving Kurt to face the road warriors and their fury alone. The road warriors are unleashing their full fury on Kurt who eventually receives a top-of-the-cage doomsday device of, as both Jeff and Deborah look shocked from the top of the rampway. Uh, we return from commercial. X-Pac is in the ring saying, the only way the boss man will let me enter the global lightweight series is if I have an open challenge for the hardcore championship. And if DX interferes, I'll be stripped of the title and removed from the tournament. So come on. Let's see who's hardcore. And it is answered by Terry Funk. Awesome. This match is bowling shoe ugly. There's chairs. There's kendo sticks. At one point, X-Pac has Terry draped across the announcer's decks, climbs the ladder, and goes for a, like, um, goes for a crossbody. But Terry rolls out of the way, and X-Pac crushes and burns. Terry picks X-Pac up. Back in the ring, more weapons, fortuitous juice, then tax. Terry hits a schoolboy tax puck in the tax for the one, two, three, and new hardcore champion. X puck is livid, being ushered away by referees as Terry grabs the title, goes to the turnbuckle, and shouts, I'm going to be your hardcore champion forever. <laughs> um, after commercial, WWF Jim. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announces the Global Lightweight Series participants. In Block A, we have Mil Mascarez, Jack Briscoe, Butch Miller, and X-Pac. Meanwhile, in Block B, we have Jushin Fundaliga, Gerald Briscoe, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Perfect. Main event of the night is Wendy Richter versus Kelly Kelly, and it's announced, as per WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett's request, as all these women are now signed, this match has a 10-minute time limit. Wendy seems enraged, like this wasn't part of the deal when she agreed earlier tonight. She's targeting Kelly's head with clothesline, and eventually she wins in about five minutes. And as we go off the air, she holds up her hand and just uses the number four before dropping one, as if to say, one down, three to go. Awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, week one there from Raw. What about Nitro? Yes, Nitro. Uh, if you recall last month, we were doing the whole Nitro by the pool sort of thing. We're continuing that as we're on our road to Spring Stampede. So this is the WCW Spring Breakout. This time, this month, we are... For, uh, coming from outside of the Sheridan Hotel at South Padre Island, Texas. 
Uh, this is another place they did that show from. Uh, we kick things off. It's the Nitro intro. Um, but it quickly gets cut off. And we hear the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. A 1996 style NWO vignette with lots of cuts. Hall and Nash say that it doesn't matter who wins the number one contender uh, number one contender match at Spring Stampede between the team of Fat and the team of Fatter. Between the Dudleys and Too Thick. Um, because by the time their match is done, they will have no gas in the tank to even be able to make it to the ring against the outsiders. Sean says that last night he proved to the world why he is the showstopper and the main event. Uh, he spent he spent 60 minutes crippling Eddie Guerrero, and I don't think we're going to see Eddie for a little bit. He isn't worried about Hogan because all Hogan has done in WCW is fail. He had multiple opportunities to beat Flair for the title, failed every time. It took Sean less than 10 minutes of him even being in the company to beat Ric Flair for the title. So what are you going to do when the NWO destroys you, Hulkster? And we got, we finish off the Nitro intro. Um and then we see a beat-up pickup truck arrive to the re- uh, arena. It's the West Texas Rednecks. Honky gets out of the truck. Hennig comes out. And finally, Barry comes out. And what's he wearing? That's the hardcore title. What? How's ba- Why is Barry Windham wearing the hardcore title? Commentators are confused. They then get word that we will see some footage from early today. Later on tonight. The matches kick off for the night. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard and Edge t- taking on the unlikely pairing of the Rock and Roll Express and Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes, who was lucky to escape the pay-per-view without serious injury, cuts an insert promo about how disappointing his WCW run has been so far, but things are going to turn around for him. A uh, quick match with the horseman having complete control, but the legal man Edge is holding the other legal man Hayes whilst Arn distracts the ref. Tully goes to hit Morden with the roller quarters, but Morden moves and Edge gets clocked. Hayes takes out Tully, Gibson takes out Arn, and Ricky Morton rolls up Edge for the surprise win. Uh we get some footage of a press interview with Macho Man Randy Savage from earlier today. Macho is doing his interview and Bradshaw says to Macho that he heard there is a security breach outside and he will sort it out. Macho says, no, stay with me. Bradshaw says, Farouk will stay here for you. I've got to sort this out. Bradshaw leaves and then all of a sudden, Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham and a referee appear. Honky has two guitars. He lays out Farouk. He lays out Savage. Barry attacks Savage further and pins Savage and is your new hardcore champion. Camera follows the rednecks outside and we see we see Savage's Escalade has been destroyed. Bradshaw's bleeding outside and laid out with Hennig standing over the top of him. The Ultimate Warrior is furious about the lights going out and the bat being in the ring last night. He says he knows it was Sting. He will destroy everyone until he finds Sting. 
Warrior destroys a heap of locals backstage and and he destroys some equipment and all that sort of stuff, keeps fighting and accidentally throws someone into a boiler room. Out comes a furious mankind who says that that the ultimate warrior has interrupted mankind's special me time. Warrior brawls with Mankind backstage. Mankind has the upper hand, but Fuji lays out Mankind with the cane. Warrior Gorilla press go. Warrior Gorilla press slams Mankind through a catering table. See Ric Flair in a corporate box drinking wine with Lita, celebrating all night long. Molly Holly beats Layla quickly after Michelle McCool tries to get involved, but it backfires and Molly takes out the both of them. Lita comes out and hits Molly in the leg with the lead pipe. Lita continues assaulting Molly's leg and poses with the title. Back to the corporate box, and this time Flair's all by himself. A waiter comes in and says, uh, <laughs> Did you order the $3.16 can of whoop-ass? Flair's eyes widen, and it's revealed that the waiter, It's Austin! It's Austin! Austin beats Flair up with food, bottles, trays. He eventually chokes out Flair with the million-dollar dream. Out comes Randy Savage with a bandaged Savage security. He is furious. He claims that he would still be champ if Bradshaw had listened to him. Uh, Farouk gets upset at Savage. Savage says, remember who was paying you and who was making sure your kids are fed. Farouk stands down. Savage says, you know what you need to do. Simmons, uh, Farouk shakes his head. He's upset. And he just shrugs it off. And Farouk attacks Bradshaw. He hits a Dominator and Savage fires Bradshaw. He's out of here. Um, He's then announced that... that uh, Farouk will obviously no longer be teaming with Bradshaw at Spring Stampede against the West Texas Rednecks. Instead, Savage is offering $1 million to any team to help him get his title back. Uh-huh. Join his Savage posse and beat the Rednecks for him at Spring Stampede. And Farouk, you're on probation. Owen Hennig, whether I'm champion or not, it's Spring Stampede. You are dead meat. Uh, Trish and Melina do a promo backstage talking about how great it was to have Melina debut last night. Melina says it's not often someone gets a chance at contendership so early into a run in a promotion. So it's Spring Stampede. Let the best woman win. They shake hands and stare down. Backstage, we see Barry Windham and the three rednecks. All of a sudden, there are two masked men, all in ski masks. They lay out all three rednecks. One of the masked men pinned Windham and is your new hardcore champion. The masked man takes the title to Macho Man's locker room with a referee. He shows his face to Macho Man, but we can't see because the camera's behind him. Macho Man reacts. He says, I like it. Uh He puts his mask back down, lays down in front of Macho, who pins him, and Macho Man is your new hardcore champion. Macho says, 
to the two masked men, welcome to the team. Uh-huh. Miss Elizabeth announces the next next week there will be a main event. Number one contender match for the US title. It'll be Ricky Morton, who just pinned Edge versus Ultimate Warrior. And it is now main event time finally. Like I said, I had to cram a lot of stuff here. Hulk Hogan versus Terry Gordy. We get a five to ten minute match. The outsiders distract the ref. Sean sneaks in. Sweet chin music on Gordy. Sweet chin music on Hogan. He drags Terry Gordy on top of Hogan. Terry Gordy pins Hulk Hogan. After the match, NWO throw Gordy out of the ring. All three men attack Hogan. Sean spray paints the word failure on Hogan's back. I guess Hogan's got a big back then. (laughs) I should have thought about that better. Outcome too thick and the Dudleys for the save. Sean escapes up the ramp. The Dudleys and too thick attacking the outsiders. Rikishi goes to give Nash a crescent kick, but Hall pushes Nash out of the way. Rikishi clocks Devon. Bubba starts pushing Rikishi. Too thick and the Dudleys start going at it. And the outsiders escape and pose on the ramp with Sean laughing at the two tag teams in the ring and the laid out Hulk Hogan to end Nitro week one. So I had to get a lot in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no. Um, given what happened, you uh, need to come out of the gate swinging, so to speak. Yeah, um, it's, it's just... <sighs> I, I, it's so hard to just write someone off the night after they debut, so I just had to give them a heap of segments. And and the one thing you said about Hogan's back, uh, maybe his ego, but maybe it was smaller writing. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had that written on there. Yeah, I should have had ego written on his back, not failure. Quick, jump that down for week two. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of week two, we go to Raw from Seattle, Washington. That's right. I went from Washington DC to Seattle, Washington. <laughs> the boys would be loving that. They don't have to travel too far. No, no, it's the opposite end of the country. DC's like. Oh, that's right. Yep. Eastern yep. Don't worry. Seattle's western. <laughs> oh well. Um, they at least got a week to get there. <laughs> Yeah, no house shows, brother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So, we opened the show with WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett in the ring, surrounded by security as he invites down the Road Warriors and then the WWF Tag Team Champions Immortal. Both teams are standing on separate sides outside the ring. Jim states, obviously, a steel cage isn't going to contain this rivalry anymore. You've both driven each other to hell and back. So one final match, and that may cost you more than an opportunity, as you'll be locked inside Hell in a Cell. Now, Bravo. <laughs> now, as I can't trust either team, Paul, would you please sign on behalf of the challengers? And Paul Allen enters the ring and signs and then leaves. Now, Deborah, could you co-sign for the champions? So Deborah enters the ring and signs. Ladies and gentlemen, it's official. At Battleground, Immortal versus the Rogue Warriors in Hell in a Cell. Beautiful. Uh, so, following that, opening match of the night is Wendy Richter versus Alicia Fox. Back and forth, where Fox keeps trying for a bridging Northern Light suplex, where she lands it, 
but Wendy counters into a snap pin predicament in seven minutes. She gets in the camera's face to say, did you see that, Brie? Two down, two to go, bitch. So next is the opening matches of the Global Lightweight Series. Yeah, it's pretty much best of the Super Juniors. <laughs> Perfect. So opening contest is a Block A match. Mil Masquerez defeating Jack Briscoe. Next, a Block B match. Jushin van der Liga defeats Gerald Briscoe. Following that, we have Andre the Giant in the ring celebrating his European Championship win. He took time off to celebrate in Europe, so he's now returned to Raw. When he is confronted by Dory Funk Jr., who challenges him to a European rules match at Battleground. Both men sort of have a stare down as a sign of respect, but as Dory leaves the ring, he's sort of gesturing the tidal motion around his waist as he's walking backwards up the ramp. Uh, next is the uh, final two opening night matches for the Global Lightweight Series. In Block A, Butch Miller defeated X-Puck. And in Block B, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeats Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, main event segment to close Raw this week is Harlem Heat's Address with Stevie Ray and Booker T. Booker asks, Brett, where were you in February? And in March? And in April? And May? You see, Brett, I'm the man who single-handedly moved the needle on Mondays. I'm the reason we sold out Wembley. And if I was there at the Garden, you would not be headlining because I'm the reason we sold those tickets. Be careful what you ask for because, Brett Hart, we're coming for you, Hitman. <laughs> uh, I love what you just teased then, and I'm glad you didn't do it. <laughs> and we go off the air with Booker T and Stevie Ray shoving cameras out of their face as they're walking backstage. Love it. Ah, so week two in Nitro. What do you got from the pool? All right, this is at least this is a shorter episode. Uh, Nitro kicks off with Hogan cutting a promo on Shawn Michaels, calls him undersized and undereducated, says Shawn is a wannabe Hogan who is doing a cheap imitation of what Hogan did far more successfully in another alternate universe. Hogan is interrupted by his own music, and out comes Shawn Michaels, dressed as Hulk Hogan, playing air guitar on the title, wearing feather boas, bandana, wig, fake mustache, mocking Hogan. It cuts a Hogan-style promo right in Hogan's face about Hogan's bald spot, Hogan having hot dog skin, Hogan being old and fragile. Hogan is furious. He's about to punch Michaels. And as he's about to punch him, Michaels pulls out a can of pepper spray from his pants and sprays Hogan in the face. He then hits him with sweet chin music. Sean then does the Hogan ear pose and delivers the Hogan leg drop onto Hulk Hogan. He then spray paints three simple letters on Hulk Hogan's back. No, it's not NWO. It is O-L-D. Uh, still should have done there you go. <laughs> O-L-D? Old. <laughs> He sprayed up. He sprayed old on Hulk Hogan's back. I thought you were going to tease Sean saying it stood for something. 
No, no. It's just saying Hulk Hogan's old. <laughs> okay, excuse me then. Sorry, brother. <laughs> All good. Paramedics usher out Hogan and he and he is taken to a famed local medical facility. We get Yokozuna versus Bubba Ray. After 10 minutes, the outsiders sneak attack Devon and Rikishi at ringside. They get in the ring, attack both Bubba and Yoko. Hall hits a massive outsider's edge on Bubba. And Nash teases hitting the jackknife on Yoko, but says, nah, and just kicks Yoko in the balls instead, and then leaves. Was it a no-go for Yoko? (laughs) Yes, yes, it was no-go Zuna. Um, Six-woman tag match, Lay Cool and Lita defeat Trish Stratus, Melina, and Molly Holly. After Trish accidentally hits Melina with a chick kick, uh, with a chick kick, and Lake will throw out Trish and Lita. Uh, Lake will throw out Trish and Lita pins Melina for the three count. All three heels continue the assault after the bell. Arn Anderson beats the Honky Tonk Man after uh, Macho Man's masked henchmen interfere. Arn leaves, and after the match, the two masked men leave Honky a bloody mess, but finally Hennig and Wyndham come out and make the save. Macho Man watches on from the entranceway and starts performing his hit song, I'm Back, with uh, Sherry and... uh, You know what? There's no explanation needed, but I think we're just going to call him Ron Simmons now that he's on his own. So we'll just say... With Sherry and Simmons behind him, whilst the rednecks tend to the honky tonk man. Uh, DDP beats a local with the diamond cutter. We get Steve Austin versus Tully Blanchard. Austin wins after hitting the stunner on Tully and then applying the million dollar dream, and Tully is unconscious to end the match. After the match, Ric Flair is on the big screen, and where is he? He's at the. Oh my god. He's at the Broken Skull Ranch. He's standing in front of a construction crew and a bulldozer. He says, Austin, you destroyed my Corvette. I destroyed your pickup truck. You destroyed my limo. You ruined my beautiful night with a lovely leader. Now I destroy your ranch. Flair says, do it, boys. The bulldozer runs straight through a barn, then runs through the farmhouse on the ranch. Austin is furious. Austin storms out of the arena. <laughs> Such a dumb angle. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, main event time. It is the Ultimate Warrior versus Ricky Morton. Number one contendership for the US title. Edge and Leader are on a couch set up by the pool watching the match. Um... Warrior is dominating the match. Mr. Fuji has the ref distracted as Warrior goes to get a weapon from under the ring. But instead, out comes Mankind from under the ring, who beats down Warrior, lays him out with the mandible claw. Morton rolls on top of Warrior, and Ricky Morton gets the surprise win and is your new number one contender for the US title. We see Edge on the couch by the pool laughing and audibly saying, well, this will be easy. 
Mr. Fuji goes to attack Mankind, but Mankind hits a cactus clothesline on Fuji to the outside. And he hits an elbow drop off of the apron onto Fuji. Uh, Morton walks up the ramp and confronts Edge by the pool for a stare down. Edge says to Morton, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you, Morton. You're a loser. You lose all the time to horsemen. Morton fakes throwing a punch to Edge, who flinches and accidentally bumps Leader into the swimming pool. Edge turns around to check on Leader and turns back around and gets hit by Ricky Morton with the... What is that? It's the Canadian Destroyer, who celebrates his way up the entranceway to end Nitro. Uh, gave Ricky Morton the Canadian Destroyer because of that one weekend where he broke the internet by hitting it at spring break. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> it was awesome. So, oh, man. So that's uh, week two. Yeah, we've got a surprise number one contender again for the US title. Is This time it's Ricky Morton. Ooh, did not see that coming. No. Ah, so... That wasn't meant to happen, but thanks, Bradshaw. <laughs> You're ruined it, damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, week three of Raw from Las Vegas, Nevada. Opening the show is the Road Warriors and Paul Adering in the ring. Paul says that Immortal opened the gates of hell, invoking the fury of the Road Warriors with their disrespect towards the Legion of Doom legacy. And they will be the first names written in the chapter of pain as they begin their championship reign. He gets it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, next is more of the global lightweight series matches. So in block A, Mil Masquerez defeats X Pac, and in uh, block B, Jushin Thunder Liger defeats Randy Roddy, Randy Roddy Piper. So at the moment, both Mil and Jushin Thunder Liger are leading their blocks on four wins each. Um, Love it. Sorry. Next was WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announcing that Harlem Heat versus Heart Foundation, as well as Andre the Giant versus Dory Funk, are both signed for Battleground. We then have the next two day two Global Lightweight Series matches. Um, I haven't put a lot of detail into this. I've put more detail into the uh, final at the main event, at the uh, pay-per-view. So next was a block A match. Jack Briscoe defeated Butch Miller, so both men are tied on two. And then Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated Gerald Briscoe, so Ricky and Liger are leading block B on four wins apiece, apiece while Mil Masquerez is the outright leader in block A on four wins. Uh, four, four points. So then in the main event of the night, it is another... Wendy Richter contender match versus Caitlin. Caitlin is trying to use her power to her advantage, but Wendy manages to land the winning blow for the free count in eight minutes. As we go off the air again, Wendy calls out to Bree, showing Bree down, one to go. Love it. Uh, week three of Nitro, my man. Yeah, uh, the show opens up with Macho Man and his savage posse. Macho cuts a promo and challenges the West Texas Rednecks to a 
Battle of the Bands next week on Nitro. Honky Tonk Man comes out on the stage and accepts. Uh, Hogan comes out and challenges any of the NWO to a match. And Scott Hall comes out. He accepts. Ten-minute match. Finish comes when Sean and Nash try to interfere. But they're taken out by the Dudleys in Too Thick. Um, after Sean and Nash have been taken out, Dudleys and Too Thick end up brawling with each other. They brawl into the ring. The ref gets distracted by the two teams and Hall low blows Hogan and he hits the outsider's edge and gets the pinfall on Hogan. Um, Miss Elizabeth announced that next week there'll be a huge main event. Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan versus Devon Dudley versus Rikishi with the winning participant getting to pick the stipulation for their match at the pay-per-view. Trish Stratus joins commentary for Melina versus Beth Phoenix, and surprisingly, Beth gets the win when Melina spends too much time taunting Trish at ringside. Uh, we get a Molly Holly training montage hyping up her match against Lita on pay-per-view. Uh, Ricky Morton beats Tully Blanchard clean with the Canadian Destroyer. Edge comes out afterwards, tries to spear Morton, but Morton gets out of the way. Edge spears Blanchard. Edge turns around and gets hit by the Destroyer by Morton, who then just celebrates his way up the ramp. We get a Mankind in-ring promo. He challenges Warrior to a match at Spring Stampede. Mr. Fuji comes down, accepts the match in the ring. Mankind goes to attack Fuji, but Warrior sneak attacks Mankind and hits him with the tombstone. Warrior and Fuji leave and Mankind sits right back up and smiles at Warrior and Fuji. Mankind then says, next week, both men will be having a beat-the-clock challenge to decide the stipulation of their match at Spring Stampede. Main event time. Flair versus Terry Gordy and Michael P.S. Hayes. 20-minute match. uh, Lengthy one. Ric Flair has... Michael Hayes in the figure four leg lock. But out of nowhere, a random beer truck comes driving down the ramp and by God, it's Austin. Austin sprays beer into the ring, which forces Flair to lose his grip on the figure four. Arn tries to get in the ring, but slips on the beer and takes a bump to the outside. Michael Hayes rolls up Ric Flair for the win. And after the match, Austin gets in the ring, smashes an esky over Arn Anderson's head. Austin then smashes a can of beer over Ric Flair's head. He locks on the million dollar dream. The finisher, and Flair is tapping and tapping and eventually passes out. Stone Cold has a beer bash to end Nitro week three. Hooray, uh, beer bash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to do it. Oh, three weeks down, one to go. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. Yes, but can she make it? I suppose we'll find out. <laughs> so, week number four from sunny Los Angeles, California, in the United States of America. Show opens with Wendy Richter already in the ring as Paige is making her entrance. Commentary is talking up how Wendy only needs to win this match and she'll get her one-on-one rematch 
at Battleground. So this is a back and forth match as the clock continues to count down as Paige had taken Wendy to the limit in Norwich. With 60 seconds remaining, Paige is down, but Wendy wants to finish it off for good as we hear some music. Bree mode. <laughs> the champion has finally arrived on Raw. Wendy is incensed, immediately leaves the ring and begins to chase Bree down. She runs around the ring and up the ramp as the crowd cheers, then murmurs and gasps. They all yell for Wendy as the ref is shouting nine. Wendy begins to run, but it's too late as the ref shouts ten and waves off the match. And your winner by count out, Paige. Wendy is furious, begins kicking the stairs, shouting at the referee and the cameraman as she races then backstage to chase down Bree, but she's already left, driving away in her Prius. I'm going to let the Prius thing slide for attitude error. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, she is married to someone who's very environmentally conscious. You could say that he was at one time the planet's champion. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, I don't think, like, if we are doing this show based in uh, the late 90s, I don't think Prius has existed, but we time-travelled there to book the show, so I guess we could say the Prius time-travelled as well. <laughs> sure, why the hell not? <laughs> uh, next is the first in the final night of the Global Lightweight Series, So Block A sees Butch Miller on two points, facing Mil Mascarez on four. And Mil Mascarez wins, moving to six. He is uncatchable, the outright A-block leader, and will advance to the tournament final on pay-per-view. Next is Gerald Briscoe on zero versus Rowdy Roddy Piper on zero from B-block. This match just ends up with the two men brawling to the outside, ending in a double count-out. So both men and the tournament on one apiece. Following that, WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett, because he doesn't have enough airtime yet, (laughs) (laughs) announces that due to Wendy losing, a a new challenger for the Women's Championship, a new challenger for Brie Bella's Women's Championship will be determined this Sunday on Heat. Stay tuned. Love it. Uh, Closing two matches of the show is the final two Global Lightweight Series matches. So it's the Block A match of X-Pac on zero points versus Jack Briscoe on two. And X-Pac gets the victory, so he ends the tournament on two. Ends up Mil Mascarez on six, Butch Miller on two, X-Pac on two, and Jack Briscoe on two. So again, Mil Mascarez advances from A block. Final match of the tournament and the final B-block match. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on four points versus Jushin Thunderliger on four points. So the winner of this match will advance to the final on pay-per-view and ends up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat winning, advancing to six points, moving forward. Liger stays on four. Both Gerald Briscoe and Roddy Piper ended on one for a double count out. And as we go off the air, Ricky and Liger are exchanging signs of respect in the ring. 
and Ricky poses in the ring, looking towards Mil Masquerez on the ramp and their championship match this Sunday. Love it. Now, great build, man. Loves it. Yeah, and I suppose from there, uh, where do you go, my friend? We go home show, week four. Um, Nitro week four kicks off with Molly Holly and Victoria versus Lita and Maurice. Um, Molly gets the clean pinfall on Lita with the Molly go around. After the match, Lita is shocked. She's panicked. She attacks Molly, but Molly fends her off and Lita retreats. Uh, we then get Ric Flair and Edge versus the Rock and Roll Express. It goes for about 15 minutes. Finish comes when Morton and Flair are the legal men. But then Austin's music hits and it, imme- it immediately enrages Flair, who gets distracted, turns around into a destroyer from Morton for the win. And after the match, Edge is furious at Flair, but Austin comes out of the crowd Hits a stunner on Flair. Morton hits a destroyer on Edge. Austin shares a beer with the Rock and Roll Express. It is now time for the Beat the Clock Challenge. Winning participant gets to pick the stipulation for the match at uh, Spring Stampede. Mankind beats the randomly selected Arthur in four minutes. Immediately afterwards, the Ultimate Warrior... Beats Kevin Von Erich in three minutes. Fuji announces that Mankind versus Warrior will be a very special match that he just came up with. On the entrance ramp, there will be a glass box big enough to fit a human and a cement truck. You win by putting your opponent in the box and filling it with cement. And after it's filled with cement, you shut the lid and you win. I call it a concrete crypt match. I had to alter it to basically be a casket match with cement. No, that's Just, fine. Yeah. It's still the same thing, right? It's the same premise. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, short I, <laughs> yeah, I figured uh, it's better off just asking for forgiveness than permission on that one. <laughs> Arn and Tully beat some locals in seconds. Arn and Tully cut a promo saying that they've been screwed out of their automatic title rematch. They demand an opportunity of getting back their title belts. Uh, Beth Phoenix versus Trish Stratus with Molina on commentary. So a bit of a swap and rolls from last week, if you recall. Beth Phoenix won last week after Molina got distracted by Trish on commentary. But once again... Beth Phoenix wins this match after Melina distracts Trish. Um, after the match, Elizabeth announces that, well, Beth Phoenix has beat out two top contenders the last two weeks. So, Beth, this Sunday it's going to be a triple threat match for the number one contendership, and you will be added to it. And it is... Time it is Battle of the Bands time. There is a DJ booth and a stage set up by the pool next to the entrance ramp for Macho, and there is a stage set up in the ring for the Rednecks. The Savage Posse are up first, and they do a, another live rendition of their song "I'm Back." 
Sherry's grinding up against Savage whilst he raps. And Ron Simmons is on security duty. And at times, the two masked men lay out various crew members and rowdy fans just for fun. Next, the Rednecks, the West Texas Rednecks are up next and they do a live performance. Um, Kurt Henning announces this is our brand new song. That's right. The West Texas Rednecks perform their new single, I Hate Rap. Rap is crap. Sorry. Uh, yeah, rap is crap. Um, Macho and his posse are watching from their stage and they're furious at the lyrics of this song. The performance, after the performance is done, the crowd judges that the Rednecks have won the Battle of the Bands. Macho is pissed. So the three savage posse members, Simmons and the two masked men, storm the ring and try to attack the rednecks. Honky lays out Simmons with the guitar and Wyndham hits the two masked men over the top of the head with a crash cymbal from his drum kit. Marcho's left alone in the ring with all three rednecks. All three rednecks take turns of punching Savage. Belly to belly from Wyndham. Shake, rattle and roll from Honky. And finally, a Hennig plex from Hennig. Wyndham throws in a referee who counts to three, and we got a new hardcore champion. I guess Kurt Hennig really did win Battle of the Bands tonight. All three rednecks celebrate with some whiskey up the ramp, but don't forget, we got uh, we got Kurt Hennig and Macho Man one-on-one in a hardcore match on Sunday. Um, we get another NWO vignette. We get a promo of Shawn Michaels. He's announced that even though he is the main event, he doesn't believe an old washed-up has-been like Hulk Hogan deserves to be the main event. So he spoke to Miss Elizabeth, and she's agreed to his request. Uh, to his request after she pulled it, pulled one over on him at the Iron Man match. Hulk Hogan, on Sunday, you're not main eventing. You're curtain jerking, brother. You and me are kicking off the pay-per-view straight out of the gates. Main event time, Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan versus Devon Dudley versus Rikishi. Uh, Scott Hall, Bubba Ray, and Yokozuna try to get involved. Devon and Rikishi get, get involved with them. The ref is distracted, and it's Hogan and Nash in the ring. Shawn Michaels comes out of nowhere, super kicks Hogan into a jackknife powerbomb from Nash, who gets the pinfall win. Nash and Michaels continue laying out Hogan and spray paint NWO on Hogan's back. Nash says that he has chosen the stipulation for Sunday. The Outsiders will defend their titles in a no-DQ match that starts immediately after the number one contenders match on Sunday between Toothick and the Dudleys. Sean poses above Hogan to end Nitro. 
And that's week four. Oh, wow. I did not expect another hardcore change. Uh, man, this 24-7 thing is actually a bad idea. Like, there's just, like, times where it's like, I would like, you know, the heel to get laid out, but it's illogical for the baby face to not pin him for the title, so I'm just going to have to swap the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anything sort of else to add that you didn't touch on on your nitros before we go into the pay-per-views? Uh, pretty much all touched on there. Like, yeah, um, there's some, a lot of things had to get shifted around, but I'm pretty happy with the end result and I'm pretty pumped up to hear what happens at Battleground. Yeah, so let's get down to it. It is WWF Battleground from the Walter Pyramid, Long Beach, California, USA. Commentary again is Lord Alfred Hayes, Captain Laura Bano, and Gorilla Monsoon with ring announcing by Howard Finkel. So during heat, it's announced that Bree's first defense will be against the winner of a fatal four-way match. Kelly Kelly versus Alicia Fox versus Caitlin versus Paige. It's also, con- it's also confirmed that three additional global lightweight series cross cross-block matches to help determine the next contender will occur tonight, but each match will only have a 15-minute time limit. So from there, we're going to the Sunday night heat match and the final thing before the pay-per-view itself, it is the Fatal 4-Way Women's Number 1 Contender Match. Kelly Kelly versus Alicia Fox versus Caitlin versus Paige. All the women have entered now, except for Paige, who we see as the camera cuts backstage is being helped into the trainer's room. And a second referee runs down to the ring to inform Howard Finkel, who then announces, I've just been informed that Paige is unable to compete. This contest is now a triple threat match. During the match, we see uneasy alliances, including the team of Caitlin and Alicia, who begin to argue as to who should pin Kelly. Alicia pushes Caitlin out of the ring, screaming, I am the captain now. <laughs> but but as she does, Kelly rolls up Alicia one two three, and Kelly Kelly has just earned herself a championship opportunity later tonight on pay per view, as she leaves up the rampway with the referee holding her arm aloft. Caitlin and Alicia are still arguing on the floor. Oh, I loved that, <laughs> Captain Fox. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So my cap'n, to... my cap'n. <laughs> we go on to the pay-per-view itself. So a global lightweight series contender match. Rowdy Roddy Piper from Block A, who only had one point, takes on X-Pac from Block B, who only had two points. It's a good mix of slow plotting, working over a body part, and explosive energy from both men. X-Pac tries for a spinning heel kick, but Piper catches and applies an ankle lock for the submission victory. Uh, following that is a European rules match. Andre the Giant, the WWF European champion, defending against Dory Funk Jr. So the European rules again, five three-minute rounds, 30-second breaks between rounds, two out of three falls. You win via pinfall, submission, or a KO ends the belt. This is all Andre. So much so that he eventually knocks out Dory during the fifth round to retain. 
Loving it. Uh, next is another global lightweight series contender match. Butch Miller from Block A, who had two points, versus Jushin van der Liger from Block B, who had four. This is all Liger working over Butch and <laughs> including his legs. There is no match as Butch eventually taps out whilst in the surfboard. Uh, match number five of the night, a singles match. Brie Bella defending her WWF Women's Championship against Kelly Kelly. Brie is just toying with Kelly, saying, What's wrong, Kelly Kelly? Do you want to quit quit? <laughs> That's such a stupid line, but it's just perfect. I love it. <laughs> Kelly starts to fire up. But there's no match as Brie hits a Bella Chote and then a Brimo top rope splash for the one, two, three, and Brie retains. Wow. Well, um, that's a bit cleaner than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah, don't you worry. I've got a plan. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm enjoying the journey, brother. Uh, match number six, the final global lightweight series contender match. Gerald Briscoe from Block A, who had one point, versus Jack Briscoe from Block B, who had two points. There's a sign of respect between the two brothers before the bell. This is truly a Matt classic as both men know each other so well. It's move for move and counter for counter, as eventually the clock hits 14 minutes with 30 seconds remaining. Both men are tired, but still have explosive energy. Move for move, counter for counter. 10 seconds remain. As they hit dueling drop kicks, both men are down. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. The bell rings. The match is over. A time limit draw. Both men exchange signs of respect again before helping one another backstage as the crowd cheers. Love it. Uh, then it is announced in a video package, the August pay-per-view. And we see, saw this empty field with a diamond. And we hear the oh-so-familiar song of Take. Me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. As we see various B-roll baseball footage. And then here, the biggest event of the summer comes to the friendly confines. SummerSlam from Wrigley Field, Chicago, Illinois, this August. Love it. Love it. I... Uh, uh... I'm low-key, like, a massive fan of every time, like, a wrestling promotion runs a show at a baseball stadium. It always looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's always something different. Yeah. Um, moving into the featured bouts of the night. So, match number seven, the tag team match, Harlem Heat versus the Hart Foundation for the right to choose the stipulations for Booker T versus Brett at SummerSlam. Brett starts the match, and so does Booker, but Booker quickly tags to Stevie Ray. So much disapproval from the fans. The fans are all behind the Hart Foundation tonight. As Brett is isolated in Harlem's Heat's corner, Jim tries to enter the ring to help out Brett, but the ref stops him, and behind the referee's back, Stevie Ray removes his slapjack from his tights and begins to hit Brett. Shane Thorne, what are you doing in there? <laughs> uh, this is all Harlem Heat so much so that Booker takes himself back in and is gloating letting 
Brett claw towards his corner, but stops him every time until eventually Brett kicks uh, Brett kicks Booker T back into his ropes and hot tags Jim. Stevie has tagged himself in from Booker being pushed into the corner, and Anvil is working over Stevie. He throws Stevie into the rope so hard that Stevie's slapjack falls out. Brett sees it and takes it from Stevie. As Brett is conflicted, we hear the crowd sort of booing, and he tosses it away to the applause of the crowd. Jim capitalizes on the confusion for a schoolboy as Booker T is jawjacking with Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. But as he realizes, it's too late, and the Hart Foundation win with a roll-up. They run up the, amp- the rampway to celebrate. Howard asks Brett and Jim what their stipulations will be. Jim answers, it'll be last man standing, before Brett says, that's not all. It's going to be champion versus champion, winner take all. Love it. Oh, man. Um, co-main event of the evening. Match number eight, Hell in a Cell, Immortal versus the Road Warriors, Immortal defending the WWF Tag Team Championships, their final encounter. Road Warriors enter first with special white and gold shoulder pads and face paint, including Paul Allering, who's done them as well. Then Immortal enter on a gold chariot being pulled along by some chiseled Adonises. While Paul and Deborah are cage-side, they are locked outside. This is anything goes. It is all-out war with all four men being busted open early. Occasionally, we see a member roll outside to receive some coaching through the cage. Later on in the match, Immortal are down, arguing... Sorry, later in the match, the Road Warriors are down with Immortal arguing who should be the one to pin. Eventually, Kurt just drops... (laughs) Eventually Kurt and uh, eventually Kurt and Jeff get in a pushing match before the Road Warriors get up, capitalize, pushing Kurt outside the ring, putting Jared in position for the Doomsday device, hitting the Doomsday device. One, two, three. It's a fair count. The Road Warriors are your new WWF tag team champions. Thank God. I really wanted you to put the straps on those guys. So I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so as they enter, so as they exit back on their motorcycles down the aisleway to the cheers of the crowd, we cut back to the ring with Immortal Deborah. Uh, sorry, with Immortal Deborah, Angle, and Jeff. As they begin to argue, Deborah is trying to calm things down, and it all seems to be fine there for a moment as Kurt goes to cuddle Deborah. Jarrett begins to look jealous, pushing down Kurt again, and there's unease in Immortal. Yes! I think you're doing what I wanted you to do. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll get more into it after the um, after your Nitro, not, not Nitro, uh, WCW rundown. But the main event, match nine is the Global Lightweight Series final. So Jim Barnett comes down, presents the championship to the crowd before sitting it on the podium ringside, as well as the little Global Lightweight Series plaque that the winner will receive. So much like Brett got the King of the Ring crown for the last tournament. Yeah. So entering first is Mil Masquerez, um, finishing top of the block in A on six 
having three out of three wins. His opponent entering second, finishing top of block B with three wins, six points, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. This is like one of those Mac Classic Super Junior matches. Think Offspray Ricochet, move for move, counter for counter, crowd losing their minds. Eventually, Mill goes for a top rope dive. Ricky rolls out of the way. Mill's down. Ricky goes top. Does this big diving splash. Pins Mill. One, two, three. He's finally done it. He's finally been the man he couldn't beat on the biggest stage of his career. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is the first winner of the Global Lightweight Series and the first WWF Light Heavyweight Champion as he celebrates in the ring with his family ringside as the gold confetti falls. Love it. Love it so much. Uh, Ricky Dreamboat, as <laughs> I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. I love that. Um, well, no need to, to mess around. Let's just dive straight into WCW Spring Stampede. Yes, we have a tagline. I announced it last month. WCW Spring Stampede, a whole new world, dot, 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 order. <laughs> uh, we love Aladdin, don't we? <laughs> uh, a whole way up. new world, order. Oh, sorry, am I still going? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are live from the Calgary Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, pretty much because Spring Stampede, the Calgary Stampede, that Canadian classic Stampede. Yeah, like the Calgary Stampede, which ha- housed uh, one of the best WWF pay per views of all time, which was called the Canadian Stampede. Uh, yeah, I'll just put all those together. That's where we landed. <laughs> um, JR and Jesse Ventura welcome us to Spring Stampede, but they are interrupted by Bobby Heenan, who announces that he is now part of the WCW broadcast team. Yay, he's still got a job. <laughs> you sure you want a free man call team there, brother? Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Just uh, <laughs> trust the process, my man. Okay. There's definitely something that I asked you off air that you could probably figure out what I'm doing here. <laughs> okay. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, as promised on the last episode of Nitro, we are kicking things off huge. Our opening contest is the WCW World Heavyweight title match, Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Whoa. 10-minute match. Hogan has been dominating Michaels for the entire match. Yes, we are seeing some serious, comical overselling from Shawn Michaels a la SummerSlam 05. Um, Shawn Michaels is really laying it on thick. Hogan accidentally bumps the ref as he runs towards the rope for his leg drop. 
He hits the leg, the leg drop, gets the visual pinfall, but the ref is down. All of a sudden, what's this? A man wearing a motorcycle helmet and a leather jacket. The helmet's covering his face, obviously. We can't say who it is. He comes into the ring and hits a massive spear on Hogan. He removes his helmet. Oh my God, it's Goldberg. Goldberg picks up Hogan, hits him with the jackhammer, rolls Michaels on top of Hogan, wakes the ref. Michaels gets the pinfall win and Hogan is one and done and can't challenge for the title for 12 more months. Just in case you forgot that I was using that rule for Sean. Um, Goldberg, who who is in a zipped up leather jacket, takes his jacket off to reveal, oh my God, it's an NWO t-shirt. Goldberg, too sweet, Sean, and they celebrate up the ramp. The camera overhears Michael say to Goldberg that they have to find the boys because they have a busy night planned backstage. Commentators speculate, what does Sean mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're the only two people in the world that might have got that reference. Oh, no. No. um, (laughs) I know someone who listens who does that. I'll tell you off air. Oh, nice. Awesome. Cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's uh, Sean and Hogan. First match of the night on pay-per-view, Goldberg's part of the NWO. What? Um, We continue on. Honky Tonk Man and Barry Windham versus Macho Man's Masked Men. Before the bell even rings, one of the masked men lays out Windham with a clothesline and he rolls to the outside. Honky looks shocked and turns around into a DDT from the other masked man. The masked men pick up Honky for a double powerbomb for the win in less than a minute. Absolute pandemonium here. After the match, Savage, Simmons, and Sherry congratulate the masked men and take off their masks to reveal the masked men to be a doot, doot, doot. It's Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. What? <laughs> yep. The signs were all, the signs were there the whole month. You just have to go back and, yeah. Um, Just for the sake of the records, that masked man that pinned Barry Windham for the hardcore title, let's say that was Terry Gordy. Let's give Terry Terry Gordy like a one-hour title run there. (laughs) Well, I suppose, just off topic, very quickly, sorry. If you went back and ever looked at Suicide's TNA X Division reigns, it'd be weird to try to <laughs> link all them up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, continue. Uh, wow, new members of Savage Security. Yeah, not where you thought I was going, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's something different. Uh, wanted to do something with these two guys. Finally found something to do it with. Um, WCW women's title match, Molly Holly versus Lita, 15 minute match. Earlier in the match, Lita exposed a turnbuckle, 
finish comes when Molly attempts the Molly go round, but later counters it into a buckle bomb onto the expert onto the exposed turnbuckle. She then climbs up, hits the moonsault for the three count, and retains her title. Leader still champ. Uh, WCW US title match is next. Yeah. Ricky Morton versus Edge. This is 20 minutes, even back and forth match. This is your technical mastery for the night. Uh, a lot of good high flying offense from Morton as well. Several near falls for Morton, but eventually Edge hits the spear for the clean win to retain his US title. Um, Women's title number one contenders triple threat match. Trish Stratus versus Melina versus Beth Phoenix. This is another long match. This is twenty minutes. Uh, twenty minutes yet again. Very back and forth. Finish comes when Trish lays out Melina with the Stratus faction. Turns around into a glam slam from Beth Phoenix, who gets the win. Melina is visibly pissed and starts attacking Trish whilst Beth celebrates in the ring. So Beth Phoenix, your new number one contender. Ooh. Yeah, so a woman you didn't think was going to be in the number one contenders match at the start of the month ends up winning it. Almost like I got inspired by someone's booking of Wendy Richter. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Mean Jean's plugging his hotline on the ramp, but says he just heard word from the committee that in two months' time, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard will finally get their title rematch against whoever the tag champs will be then. He then announces that he just received word that something's going on in the backstage area. Camera cuts to the back and we see medics and doctors and staff surrounding a laid-out man on the locker room floor. They move away to reveal it's Edge. He's completely covered in blood and has NWO spray painted on his back. The other horsemen and leader arrive and are visibly furious. Leader's almost in tears. Uh, the Dudleys versus Too Thick. Winners will immediately face the outsiders in a no damage tag title match. Uh, this is a, another lengthy match, about 20 minutes again. Back and forth. Yoko is... Lo- You're right? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I thought I heard like a burp or something. Nah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, 20 minute back and forth match. Yoko's laid out outside. Devon tries to pick Rikishi up for the 3D, but his back gives out on him. He ends up being squashed by the weight of Rikishi. Um... Yeah, his back had been worked over all match as well. Uh, he crumbles underneath Rikishi, who super kicks Bubba out of the ring, hits the Rikishi driver on Devon for the three count. Immediately, the outsiders come out and the tag title match is underway. Surprisingly, too cool. Uh, not too cool. Got takeover uh, NXT arrival on my mind still, apparently. Surprisingly, too thick get the upper hand. Paul has been laid out outside and Rikishi has Nash in a Rikishi driver position. And Yoko gets up on the second rope and looks like they're going to attempt a spike Rikishi driver. But out of nowhere, Goldberg comes out. What's he got? Goldberg zaps Rikishi with a cattle prod. 
Nash gets out of Rikishi's clutches and Goldberg spears Rikishi, who does that huge inside-out Rikishi bump. Nash pins Rikishi to retain the tag titles in five minutes. Goldberg heads up the ramp and the outsiders are celebrating in the ring, but out come Arn and Tully, who have chairs and hit Nash with the chair, then Hall. Goldberg comes back down the ramp and Arn and Tully get out of Dodge in the nick of time. Nash and Hall are both bleeding from the chair shots as Goldberg helps both men up. Uh, Miss Elizabeth backstage announces that she is furious with Goldberg's actions tonight. So tomorrow night on Nitro, the main event will be Goldberg in his in-ring debut versus Hulk Hogan because this is WCW. We love giving away Hogan versus Goldberg on TV instead of pay-per-view. Um, WCW Hardcore title Kurt Hennig defends his title against the self-proclaimed king of hardcore rap Macho Man Randy Savage brutal 15 minute match see lots of plunder in this one trash can shots, chairs, kendo sticks brawling around the crowd Hayes and Gordy get involved but Honky Tonk and Wyndham even up the odds eventually Macho and Hennig brawl up the entrance ramp Savage climbs halfway up the Turnatron. The rednecks look like they have the upper hand, but out of nowhere, another masked man comes out with Ron Simmons. They lay out Wyndham and Honky. The masked man then grabs Hennig and helps Hayes and Gordy hit a huge triple powerbomb off of the stage onto that wooden structure underneath the stage that Shane McMahon loves to land on. Savage jumps off of the Turnatron with a massive flying elbow drop onto Hennig, who's being held down by Simmons, and pins Hennig, and is once again your new hardcore champion and the king of hardcore rap. Medics put a neck brace on Hennig and stretcher him out of the arena. Savage hugs the masked man and revo- removes his mask to reveal, yep, you were right, the big boss man. Hayes, Gordy, Simmons, and Boss Man lift up Savage while Sherry is applauding. This Savage posse is growing huge. Uh, Backstage, speaking of heel factions that are growing, we see Goldberg walking towards the NWO locker room, but out of nowhere, Hogan jumps in from behind. They trade punches, but eventually Goldberg gets up a hand and throws Hogan through a plate glass window backstage. This time the window was gimmicked and Goldberg didn't cut his arteries. (laughs) 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 He didn't injure himself because he wanted to be a tough boy. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's a discussion for another day. Uh, Carry on, sorry. Yeah, no, toxic masculinity in wrestling is sometimes an issue. But moving on, Mankind versus the Ultimate Warrior Concrete Crypt match. This is horribly one-sided as Warrior spends several minutes beating down Mankind with a steel chair. He drags him up the ramp. He ends up putting him in the box. He fills it with concrete for the win. Warrior's just completely squashed Mankind here. Warrior and Fuji pose whilst the box fills with concrete. Uh, r- but randomly, 
Rick Rude comes out with a sledgehammer. He smashes the box and helps Mankind out of the box, but the match is already decided. As the concrete is spilling out of the smashed box toward Warrior's feet, we see something fall out of the box and land near Warrior. It's a baseball bat. Commentators are speculating who it is that keeps messing with Warrior on pay-per-view because they're probably idiots and can't figure it out. Um, they then wonder, what is the nature of Mankind and Rick Rude's relationship? That was really random. And it is main event time. Yes, this is a feud that has started that started uh, on the first pay-per-view. They main evented the first pay-per-view of yours truly's WCW. This time, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair. No DQ, submissions count anywhere match. Stone Cold comes out first and is posing on the top turnbuckle and Ric Flair comes out of nowhere with a, with a lead pipe and he hits Austin in the back of the knee with the pipe. This is 35 minutes of violent back-and-forth action. Both men are wearing crimson masks. Austin can barely stand after 35 minutes of Flair working on his already damaged knee. Austin puts the million-dollar dream on Flair... But Flair low blows him with a mule kick. Flair goes outside, drags Austin's legs towards the ring, uh, towards the ring post. Flair applies a figure four leg lock on Austin wrapped around the ring post. Austin's dripping blood, but refuses to give up. Two minutes go by, three minutes go by. Austin's still refusing to give up, but is fading from the blood loss. He eventually passes out. Ric Flair wins and is the number one contender. Staff come out to help Austin up the ramp, but he pushes them away, walks up the ramp by himself. He gets to the top of the ramp, turns around, looks at Flair, simply gives him a nod. Flair gives him a nod in return. And then Austin, still kind of angry at him, flips him off anyway. Uh, Flair is the new number one contender and celebrates in the ring to end the pay-per-view. But no! <laughs> Out of nowhere, Flair gets hit with the sweet chin music by Michaels. Arn and Tully come out. The outsiders come out. The horsemen have the upper hand in a brawl, but out comes Goldberg and now then WO have the upper hand. Out comes Edge, who was all bandaged. He, he evens up the odds, but before any physicality can continue, out comes about 20 or 30 members of security who separate the two factions, followed by Miss Elizabeth, who reveals that she has spoken to representatives from both groups tonight. Next month, on pay-per-view, it will be the four horsemen, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Edge and Ric Flair versus the NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Goldberg, and Shawn Michaels. Both sides requested a stipulation each. If the Horsemen win, they get to choose their stipulations for their title matches the following month. But if the NWO win, per, per their request, they will get their own annual pay-per-view every year. But a match so big needs a couple of extra twists. I personally don't feel like WCW is big enough for both of these factions. 
so whoever loses will be forced to disband immediately, meaning that only the registered tag teams, Hall and Nash or Arn and Tully, would be allowed to still team together. And to up the stakes for this match, I forgot to tell you what the name of the next pay-per-view is. It's War Games. Both factions look fired up from this announcement. Join us next month for WCW War Games. Two rings to rule them all. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Um, And we fade to black to end the pay-per-view. Matches announced for next month's uh, War Games pay-per-view is Leader versus Beth Phoenix and the Four Horsemen versus the NWO in a War Games match. And that is that month. A lot, a lot happening. Uh, Factions growing. And looks like one faction's going to be out the door. Yeah, it'll be... Be interesting to see what happens from there. Uh, but I suppose time for some twists. Yeah, man. Um, alrighty, so which one's which? There we go. I'm up first, correct? Correct, one each. One each. Don't you dare screw me over again. I got one of the best twists you can get. Hand pick your twist. Yeah, I'm going to pick a twist that I can hang on to for a long time. I'm going to pick the block action twist that is in there. So any twist that happens, I at one point am allowed to block it. Yeah. All right. That's all I've wanted. What I what, oh, oh now I, you're gonna draw out bloody don't TV next month and you'll be like I don't think so. <laughs> no, well that's just in case we have another Bradshaw situation. Really, it's more so to preserve my talent. The boys need places to work, man. Oh. Another simple one. Handpick free agent. Oh, not again. Actually, I have an idea where I want to go. Yeah, well, this time it's not a non-wrestling free agent. You get to pick a natural wrestler. So, that's handy. Give me a moment. Yeah, have a look at the list. There's um, plenty good candidates out there. Hmm. know what I need it's just if I can find now did you uh, just want to when you come to the decision just message me your pick so it can remain a surprise for the humans Uh, I want that person but I don't have a spot for him at the moment god damn it um, you know when you like wanted someone like three months ago, but now you've booked like six months in advance, and it's just like, oh, I could have yep. used you three months ago, you bastard. 
Yep. Uh, that's a particular person I'm, that I ended up getting that I really wish was still a free agent. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, I really have no idea what to do with him at the minute. <laughs> um, who's I in the... need... Bloody... Why can't I find... Mm. Don't forget, you can pick from the uh, leftover women's supplementary draft and all that as well. Yeah, I mean, I can see someone who's going to be a good utility player for a few months, but I want someone sort of long-term. Uh, Kid Rock is still available in the free agent pool. No, thank you. <laughs> um, okay. You just want to message me on here on Skype? Nah. Uh, it, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go because I've if I get that that allows me my bloody R block choice if I get that then and I don't have to stuff around for too long. Okay. Uh, I am going to choose from the class of twenty sixteen legacy wing Pat O'Connor. Alrighty. Honestly, wasn't expecting that choice. So, that is a good one. Ah, well, this was very fun, Alex. No, this is a good one, man. Uh, our booking uh, is really starting to take shape. Um, I'm loving your women's division, man. Just sensational. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to tell you about once um, you read out your card, my booking. So the plan was, the plan, ah, <laughs> oh, so how you gave me Hell in a Cell to use in one month, you bastard. The yeah. plan, the plan was to have Legion of Doom and um, Immortal cage match this month go to like a no contest, have the managers open the cage door and run in or something. Yeah. So that would build up to a Hell in a Cell at SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, man, that's... Uh, <laughs> you got to stop uh, doing this to me, man. Oh, well, yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, well, these twists weren't as painful, thank God. Um, <laughs> For you God especially. Oh, man, I'm going to, like, walk away and be like, oh, I shouldn't have picked that one. I should have picked something else. Uh, oh. I, I honestly could have picked a jump ship for you. Like, I could have picked a steal. I could have stolen anyone that wasn't a champion. But no, I chose the block. Because the best offense is a good defense, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose if I get that, <laughs> then you can use that, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, I guess that's what could happen. Um, truth be told, yeah, this was going to be the month of the Freebirds turned babyface. Ooh, boy. Yeah, and Michael A's was going to uh, pretty much get screwed out of the US title. But 
I had to change plans. I needed a tag team with uh, the Savage crew, and I had other plans for Bossman and Simmons. So that's where Hayes and Gordy went. They're still heels, and they're doing the bidding of Macho Man Randy Savage. I tried to throw you off by saying when Macho saw the person unmask, he said, I like it. Hoping that you would think I would have mixed a little hip hop with a little rock and roll express. Yeah, I didn't pick that one up. <laughs> nah, it might have been like, yeah, a little bit too subtle. But yeah, this was a fun episode. Um, so yeah, what do you got next month, man? Oh yeah, uh, next month is... SummerSlam, at the moment, we've got the announced match of, where the heck was it? Oh, yeah, the announced match of Booker T versus Bret Hart in a last man standing champion for champion winner-take-all match. Love it, love it. Uh, so that is, of, that is, of course, the uh, World Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. It's the sort of gimmick match that you would hate reading the name of on a weekly wrestling rap. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think, like, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. I don't think you've done a double championship match yet. Like, nah. we're sort of steering clear of a lot of that stuff, at least. It's yeah, not, definitely. It's not as if we've gone uh, full out. Oh, what's that? There's gimmick here. Let's have a gimmick rush, like a sugar rush, and just give me everything. Yeah. Now I'm saving that for my Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. Oh, boy. Anyway, I'm going to win the R-Block, draft Dexter Loomis and his zombie sister. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Where can the good humans find you? I am... Uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. We are on Twitter at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. We're also on Instagram and you can search us up on Facebook at uh, search up WrestlingOzStyle, AUS. Um, where can the good humans find you, my man? Yeah, I am Chris Funder. You can listen back to the entire wrestling hostile archive for free on soundcloud google podcast podbean spotify stitcher and tune in nothing left to say but good day and we'll speak to you next time what do you mean